Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. around the house real quick did you hear about the flying spiders that are, that are going to be approaching us this season i think it's an east coast thing but oh it's an east coast thing you guys can have those flying spiders flying spiders are going to be like going through the air and like landing on things they said like yeah, they're going to like drop disgusting. out of the sky i'm like that's pretty oh. cool happy that's an east coast thing you guys enjoy <laughs> I think it is. flying spiders coming out of the sky so <laughs> which is an important one um which means on the next one, repair any weather damage holes, cracks in the following roof, siding, trim, and windows so those flying Definitely. spiders don't get back into your house. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. Today we're going to be talking about home maintenance checklist for springtime. Hello, Caroline. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at this list and it's reminding me of all the things I have to do. It's a lot of stuff. You got a, <laughs> got a lot to do this spring, right? And I've already been knocking a few of these things out already. So it, uh, you know, it, maintenance is a big deal with a home, right? I mean, if you don't stay on top of it, the place can fall around around you just because of all Literally. the problems you can have. And there's so much to do and you sort of have to have a schedule. So hopefully we can make your life a little bit easier by providing a checklist. This is a good one. Yeah, and if you want to copy this checklist, head over to aroundthehouseonline.com and just go to the contact us page and you can uh, fill that out and uh, we'll email you a PDF copy of this over so you can work down the whole list and save it for the spring projects. So Caroline, some of these things, I, I kind of, this is a list. There's a long history to this list. So this hist this list has been going on for decades, it was with, uh, you know, around the house with handyman, Bob. And then when I joined handyman, Bob and Eric, you know, it was around the house with handyman, Bob and Eric G. And now we've got it here today. So this is our home maintenance checklist for the springtime. And of course it starts out where outside mm. in so many places in the country, you know, especially when it's cold and snow and and you know if you're in the minneapolis area and you've been buried in snow for a lot or you know you just it, there's sometimes around your house doesn't get paid attention to a lot in the wintertime my house because of rain all the time and i go out there and inspect everything and so it's a good time to go out and just kind of take a look and find those problems and i think like i'm looking at the number one right so I think a lot of the storms too, like why is it when you come into spring, you always have to do a stick cleanup. Like there's always sticks and like these big branches that fall. I guess it's the winter and the snow and the wind and, but there's always this stick cleanup that I have to do. Uh, see, I've got 12, like uh, 75 to 275 year old trees on my property. So stick cleanup for me is like a daily event. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's bad. But, you know, in the wintertime, it wasn't a daily event to get cleaned up. So you're right around my house. Totally. 
I could take, you know, those big yard bins. I could literally go fill eight or 10 of those up for two months of not picking up. And Eric's Just lucky because in his yeah. area, so he can put these into a giant bin and they will come and collect them from the county, I guess, and allow you to do like yeah. debris cleanup. We don't have that. I'm jealous. Yeah, it's just part of our normal trash pickup. So we have yard nice. debris. You know, we have the big kind of, you know, the city style yard bins where they pick them up with the arm and the and they pick it up. So it's the big trash can. So I actually have two of those for, for nice. our property here. So every week I fill those things back up again. And tomorrow, it's of course, it's a hill to go up the hill to the, to the street where it is because my property's down the hill from where the street is. So that's a good workout dragging those 200 pound bins up the, up the road, up to the, to the street for them to come pick up. But that's the first thing on the list, clear leaves and other debris from around outside of your air conditioner and remove the cover. If you use one of those. So, yeah. And just do it in the yard. I mean, you know, just for the lawn maintenance people, if like I have people who come and do my lawn, I, you need to clear all that stuff out. So, you know, they're not cutting up the tractor and that good stuff. Yeah. All that stuff, getting it away from the window wells, all your storm drains, gutters, downspouts, downspout extenders, all that stuff. Just do a good general cleanup and get all that debris out of there. And those window wells too, that's where, you know, maybe you got those basement windows and it's where that, uh, you know, is cut away so you can get light down into there. Get all the junk out of there too. Let that water drain out of there correctly. That way you don't have water issues down the road. You know what I have in my downspouts? Chipmunks. What's up? Chipmunks, little baby oh, chipmunks. Yeah. We get they squirrels. Love to... We get squirrels that use those. <laughs> They're pretty. That's that's a pretty. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of tight for a squirrel, right? But I guess they get up there. I get those. Yeah, I chippies. have filters on my downspouts up in the, in the. But they always tend to get around there and try to get all the pine cones and stuff out of that out of the huh. gutter. So they really try to do it. So I don't know why. I just saw one a couple of days ago on my <laughs> roof. I'm like. Ah, squirrel on the roof. I hate that. Little I don't devils. have any trees, but they will jump from the yeah, trees yeah. over onto the roof. They can jump pretty, and especially it, flying squirrels. They can jump pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not good. So here's one thing I have on the list. that's important. If you're using downspout extenders from your gutter system, I do plan on getting rid of those and getting that into the storm drain system. So you get that water at least 10, 12 feet away from the house. Totally. I, I have most, my two fronts go into the ground and then they go out under the driveway and come out in the back of the property somewhere. But the two back ones, I don't know why they always, I've put extenders on those and that's how have they've stayed for a long time, which is not a good thing. They should definitely go into no. the ground. No. And, and yeah, you want to get them in the ground, just get them away. That way, that water, you got to think of water coming out of those is like an upside down cone. So every foot that cone gets wider by a foot. And so if it goes down eight feet, that water can hit the foundation because now you've got it where that cone is up against the foundation if you're eight feet away and you're eight feet down. So you want to make sure that you're keeping that water load off of the side, you know, of that. And you think about it, if you get an inch of rain on your roof, usually on average, and these are average numbers, depending on how your system's designed, you can get 55 gallons of water out of one inch of rain that drops right next to the foundation. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. And then that can either permeate into the basement and cause a mess, or it can just put a lot of moisture against that block that breeds in, in the form of water vapor. So either way, no good. Block, concrete, whatever it is, rock, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever's going on there. And then of course, inspecting those gutters for signs of sagging, damage, 
get those things fixed. If they're pulling away, if you had snow, the drug them off the edge of the house, get those fixed, you know, and get that stuff all firmly attached and going back there. Now, another one that's important is trim back overhanging limbs on trees. You don't want to have any of the shrubs or trees touching your house. And quite frankly, I like to have a space there so you can walk between the house and any shrubbery or landscaping. Yep. So making sure that's clear off the house. I have a, a rule of thumb ever since I was in the healthy home business. I like to see at least almost five feet perimeter. So around your entire house, like think about it. I have stone. So as a mass yeah. perimeter that goes before you get your shrubs or your mulch. And that's for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, mulch is, people like to put mulch right up against the house and it's completely a fire hazard. So if you get a piece of glass in that mulch and you get a lot of direct sunlight, it can ignite. And then you also can get what's called um, catapult, catapulting mold, which like sprays out all over the house if you have mulch right there. So I like a perimeter too. That's A1. Yeah, just keeping all that brushway because one, it hurts your house. Two, it gives a chance for rodents and, and pests to climb mm -hmm. up to get into Bugs. that as well. So yeah, you just don't want to do in that destruction to it. And then while you're out there, check that weather stripping on the windows and doors. Make sure it's all working. I've got some projects to do on my house as well. I've got some window and door work to do on weather stripping here once the weather gets a little bit better so I can go out and work on stuff. It's something that took a beating this winter. So it's an it important really one. It really did. I, you know what happened? Yesterday I was walking in the house and all of a sudden I opened the glass um uh, the screen door, you know, and the glass decided it was going to pop right out of the holder. And I'm like, okay. Oh, wow. So now I need a new front door, which I want to replace the whole thing, but yeah, not good. Not good. So yeah. And then making sure on all your roof fence and, and louvers and stuff, any of that ventilation going up in there, make sure you don't have that all jammed up with dirt and make sure all of the, that ventilation pieces for your roof are clear and working. If you've got wasp and hornet's nests or, or dirt up in there. Make sure that's cleaned out as well. There we go. All right, more of our spring home maintenance checklist just as soon as Around the House returns. Should I be allowed to be so Welcome back to the Around the House show where we've been talking about our spring home maintenance checklist. Now, Caroline, this one here is kind of inspired by Metallica just a little bit, right? <laughs> I see that. I it kind of gets just, I was inspired. I love Metallica. Yeah. So seek and destroy early signs of bird and singing insect nests and key spots on those eaves, ledges, all that stuff. You don't need that oh. stuff around there. Yellow jacket nests. I've got one. I've got to tape up and throw some soap and peppermint oil. They do not like that. So I throw it up in the old nest and it sort of deters them from coming back. Ah, there you go. There you go. When in doubt, get that pest control person out there because, man, some of those can be super dangerous, you know. Mm. Mm -hmm. And if you're up in uh, like north of Seattle where you got the murder hornets, you want to make sure you got those things oh, under control. God. I'll never be able to do my own insects. <laughs> I forget. If I saw a murder hornet, I would just run. Holy cow. Those are hornets like birds. I tell you what, those things are crazy. So we'll see what happens hey, this year you, with those. 
Real quick, did you hear about the flying spiders that are, that are going to be approaching us this season? I think it's an East Coast thing. but Oh, it's an East Coast thing. You guys the- can have those flying spiders. Flying spiders are going to be like going through the air and like landing on things, they said. Like yeah, they're going to like drop disgusting. out of the sky. I'm like, that's pretty oh. cool. Happy that's an East Coast thing. You guys enjoy <laughs> I think it is. flying spiders coming out of the sky. So, Which is an important one, um, which means on the next one, repair any weather damage holes, cracks in the following roof, siding, trim, and windows so those flying Definitely. spiders don't get back into your house. Yes. <laughs> and I have woodpeckers. I have, like, I have all these animals that like to like make – little niches in my house. So I have a woodpecker loves my cedar siding. And oh, yeah. this year he didn't do it though. I have to admit big holes in the siding. Usually that. though, I will tell you this with woodpeckers, if they are attacking your house, then you had some kind of a bug like or softwood infestation right there that they were going for. It's so weird because I could not find what they wanted. It was all the way up in the top corner of the mm-hmm. house. So it wasn't like I didn't have carpenter ants. I didn't have beetles. I don't know what they were going for, but usually they it's just a something. soft wood that it's, they see that there's a like a soft where water's just getting in there. That's mm. why they're hitting that up there. I found out that out from a couple people that it's go, they're going for. Now I've had them going after like vents and stuff like that because they're you know when they're on the metal, which I love. Get this. They're so loud. But it's been a year for us, so hopefully the. Our woodpeckers, now that I went around, I repainted the house. I got a lot of those things fixed up. They disappeared. So hopefully they've moved on to greener pastures. (laughs) Thank into my house. house. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So here's another big one here. Having the chimney cleaned and checked if you didn't do it in the fall. Getting that thing dialed in. That's a good one. Get the chimney sweep out there. You know, if you've got a, a, a brick issue where it looks like things are cracking or coming apart, Get the the mason out there to take a peek at it. Make sure that's all dialed in and uh, taken care of. So that way, when it comes around to using it next year, it'll be ready to go. I always have to check. I have a chimney not for fireplace, but for gas emissions off, you know, from the um, from the furnace. So I have to actually seal my block up there because if I don't, we get a lot of side, you know, rain that gets pounding and then I'll end yep. up with some damp areas in the attic. So I put a seal in on my block to make sure it stays, you know, waterproofed. There you go. Good. There you go. And you got to be careful with some, some bricks that don't want you to do that. So you got to be careful. Some right. bricks want to want to breathe. So make sure you talk breathe. to your Mason mm-hmm. about using on the correct yes. product, depending on what you got out there. So let them be your uh, professional on that one. Now's the time too, is if you're not getting into that freezing weather out there, like in my area, you know, we're not getting down into those twenties at night. It's time to remove those uh, outdoor faucet, you know, covers. Uh, covers and all that stuff. Now, the cool thing with that is, is make sure that you don't have any drips and leaks out there too. So I always turn those off and on when I remove the covers off and make sure that those aren't Test dripping, leaking, you know, make sure everything's good. I'm amazed that so many people don't cover their faucets in the wintertime. Like they really don't. And they have these great, like just little covers that fit right over to make sure that, you know, you're getting insulated. So you don't freeze those pipes because they are to the exterior. And if they have any water left over, you could just break a pipe. Yeah. You know, if you've got the frost free ones and you don't get that cold, it's really not that big a deal though. If you do have the frost free, if you've got a newer house or they've came in and replaced Mm -hmm. them with the frost free ones, the new frost free ones, what happens is, is that that place where the water turns off can be six, eight, 10, 12 inches back inside the wall where it's insulated. 
So it might not be that big a deal. But if you've got an older one, like, you know, mine are 70s in the back. I have one faucet. Yeah, mine too. I have one in the back that's a cool new faucet that I don't have to put the cover on because uh, it's almost like a boat where you push in, you lift a cover up. There's no faucet valve out there at all. So you come in and snap in the hose and then the water comes out. And then you can use your hose spray. I would like that. But it's all flush with the wall. So you don't have to worry about that all. Who makes that? I need that. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a later show. We'll have them come on. Yeah, we need to. That's a good good topic. Well, I'll Mm -hmm. I'll put a link to it in the show notes here for people to do it. But it works super well. And um, it just pops right in. So it's a really clean look. It looks really good on the outside of the house. Get frost-free faucet. That's like a tongue twister. I need that because I have to put covers on. Yeah, I've got one still that... But we're going to be kind of remodeling that area, so I'll swap that out when the time comes on it. But it's not leaking or dripping right now. And then uh, if you've got sprinkler systems, make sure you're turning that on and checking it for leaks and make sure everything's adjusted correctly and and make any repairs as needed. Because uh, I tell you what, when it comes to that, another thing I want to add to that too is use one of the new outdoor sprinkler timers that are Bluetooth. Like I've uh, used, we don't have underground sprinklers at my house now, but we've got a ratio. I use this one, it's called Ratio. R-A-C-H-I-O. It is a smart sprinkler timer. So it will save you tons of water because Mm. if it's raining outside, it won't turn your sprinklers on. If it goes, hey, it rained heavily the day before, it'll go, your lawn doesn't need it. rained so much yesterday. It doesn't need water today. Nice. So it, and and the the vice versa of that is, is that if it's super hot outside, it goes, wow, it's super hot outside. You need more water. So it will actually water and it will know that, okay, uh, zone one has got clay soil on a hill. So instead of just watering for 20 minutes, it will water in like two-minute jaunts and let it wow. soak in. So that way the water doesn't run down the clay surface and end up pooling. So it's really like cool. AI how that works. sprinkler. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. And make sure, again, make sure you inspect for leaks because I've had so many clients have sprinkler systems that were slowly leaking under the ground and then they ended up with all kinds of basement and moisture issues inside. Oh yeah. And now here's one of your big ones. And I want to talk about how you do this when we come back from break, because this is a huge one because it's like one big air filter, clean and inspect all the window and door screens. I mean, mm-hmm. that is a huge one. And that is a, that is a process that I kind of want to talk about when we come back, because you know, you think about it, people don't even think about that those are like big air filters. And if you actually clean them 100%. and they get, need to be replaced too. Sometimes that they get gray, they get washed out from the sun and they look really, really bad, right? I'll give you my tip for cleaning them when we come back. All right, we'll do that here just as soon as Around the House returns. Hey guys, you're listening to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. I'm Zeke Sky, and I'm going to show you how to shred it out while you're building it up. Welcome back to the Around the House show. And Caroline and I have been sitting here talking about 
our spring cleaning checklist today. And she was just teasing when we went out to break about your trick for cleaning those window and door screens. So if you're lazy like me and you don't want to pull the screens off, because sometimes you can't, right? It's up on the second floor and it's just not, you know. Not fun. The most, yeah, it's not fun and you just can't do it. But literally I love paper towels. I take, I use bounty and I like it and I kind of wrap it up really thick and then I wet it. And then I just take it and wipe up and down across that screen. Like, you know, just like you're scrubbing the screen, but just, you don't want it to break apart. You want to make the paper towel thick. So it creates like a, like a, not like a sponge, but a a thicker feel. And then you just wipe down that whole screen and you'll see all this black stuff come off and funk and nast. And you just keep doing it until it's clean and it works great. Nice. What I've done in the past is I've taken my screens down. I stack them up, up against you know, up against something. Yep, and then, I do that too. Uh, <laughs> and then what I the do wall. is I take the, I take the hose end Windex mm-hmm. out, outdoor cleaner and spray them and let them soak in suds. Yep. And then I spray them again with that, but I spray them with two sides. So if there's any dirt particles that are bigger than the screen, I'm not pushing it into the mesh. I'm actually blowing it off from that way. Yeah. That's the, I mean, obviously it's the best way to take them down, but sometimes you just can't like, can't get to the second floor, but definitely wipe them down and make sure you're cleaning them and don't use something where it breaks apart on the screen and leaves behind all that kind of like nitty gritty, nasty, you know, like fuzz. That's a pain. Yeah. And it's so much easier to clean the windows now that you've got the screens off. So you can actually get the windows cleaned as well. So it's nice to get up there. It's so satisfying on a sunny day to go up there and get that cleaned up and, I, I like always like to take a windows. razor blade up there too. So I can get it. Uh, I like to get up even if I'm on a ladder, I'll bring a, a razor blade up to clean off any like bug droppings or paint from overspray or whatever else and really get that window super clean. I just spray some like, you know, window cleaner on it. Then I use the razor blade to knock off any chunks that are on there. Works yep, out or well. you can, I also like wrap paper towel around the screwdriver so I can get into all those nooks and channels and crevices. Yep. And I get those bugs. Do you guys have these out there? They create, they look like they create straw or hay. There's some kind of like spider or oh. worm or something. And so they create all this straw that kind of goes around your windows. And literally it can happen after like, you know, two weeks after you do the window, but I don't know what oh, kind wow. of bug it is. It makes us crazy stuff. So it gets messy, but clean all that out. Make sure you, you don't have to, you can use a Windex. You could use vinegar and water, anything like a non-toxic product. Soap and water works great too. Yeah, we get the um, we get the like box elder bugs or stink oh, bugs. Those are nasty. Kind of, those are nasty. They end Burst. up like on. Oh yeah, they'll end up like on the wall. You'll get a thousand of them. Oh, they're so, so foul. Brutal. Oh yeah, those elder. They're little black ones with the red on the back. Black we with have the red on the back. Red. Yep. Oh, like doing a cluster. <laughs> oh yeah. Brutal. I think that cleaner you got the hot side of the house, the better off you are. But neither, nonetheless, I don't like to see people getting up and, and hitting those with pressure washers and stuff because you're just going to do no. some water damage and you're going to hurt some stuff. So be careful with what you do on that. Next on the list, get that heating and cooling system serviced. When was the last time you had your heating and cooling serviced? You should be getting that done at least once a year, if not twice a year, and ask your heating and cooling professional to find out on your system what that is. But uh, making sure that thing is tip-top shape. You know, I got lucky last year putting a brand new system in. Like six or seven weeks after I put the new system in, we had 117-degree temperature in my town here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, I was happy it was 
cruising because I could be comfortable inside my house and with about 40 or 50% of the people in my area not having air conditioning, that was you brutal loving it. for those people. Oh yeah. Make sure going into spring always, I mean, I don't, with my clients, I make sure you have to do your air conditioning clean outs. Get the coil cleaned off inside. Make sure your pan isn't clogged with all kinds of scum and nasty that come off from the year before and make sure you put a new filter in there. Definitely. You got it. Yeah, that's a that's a huge one right there. And then when you're outside checking those uh, bricks or blocks for crack mortar, loose joints, and then checking all those painted surfaces for paint failure, water damage, mildew, all that stuff. What do you need to touch up around the house there? Because I tell you what, that can get brutal, especially if you're due for a paint job, making sure that, that uh, that's ready to go. Before you go by and caulking, though, you might want to go take a listen to a episode from a few weeks ago that we did with Sashko, and we give a lot of great caulking tips in that one. Mm, they have some great new products out to help you. But also check your driveway. Like, so I have pavers for driveways and um, I get a lot of debris and, and little trees and weeds that start coming up in the grout. So a big one too is if you have to regrout your driveway, sometimes this is the greatest time of year to do it because it's cool. But, you know, check all those, yep. your bricks and stone and make sure everything's, you know, oh, yeah. okay. And then making sure the caulking where two different materials meet, where like the wood siding joins a foundation wall or inside corners or when windows meet siding and trim, making sure that's all good to go. Cause that's, that's that place where things have been moving around all winter. You want to make sure they're still looking awesome. And if you've got old wood windows, this is a good time to check out to make sure that the, you don't have any broken or cracked glass or anything like that in those and make sure I've got a couple of windows here that I've got to replace at my house here this summer because I've got busted seals on them. And so mm-hmm. they're starting to get foggy on the inside. And I mean, these are 1977 windows, so they're due. Yeah. This is the time to do windows and doors. And now an important one here that you should be doing is inspect that foundation. Take a look for any cracks. And if you're worried about cracks, you know, you say, ah, was that there last year? Just take pictures of it. Save it on your phone. Mm. And then if they, if you have cracks that are larger than just a little tiny hairline, then I would take a peek and probably have a professional come out and take a look at it. And I always recommend if you're going to have a professional come out and look at it, I like to get structural engineers to come out and take a look at cracks. Yeah. they know what's going on. They're not going to sell you on something. I know too many foundation contractors out there that will come out and sell you a $10,000 fix on something that is just something that is cosmetic. And I don't want to see that happen. So that structural engineer will tell you if you have a problem in two, you can pay them to draw a report up to tell you how to fix it. And then you can send that out to bid. And I think this is really important out by you and also in California and other earthquake zones, because you could mm-hmm. have minor earthquakes or if you're prone to getting earthquakes, right, that could definitely, you know, cause some damage and you need to take a look at that I, more so in those areas, I think, than yeah. others. But you know what causes more foundation damage than that? Clay soil. So clay soil can be a huge one. So if you've got clay soil and think of clay soil as a sponge. So if you have that kitchen sponge and you set it up on the windowsill for a couple of days, you know how that thing all shrinks up and gets out of shape, right? Yep. Gets all shrunk up. Shrunk up. That's what clay soil does. That's why when you look at a, you see like a riverbed that's dried up, there's those big cracks. Cracks and like those divots. All, and yeah. Like- it's all that stuff. It's all just shrunk down. Well, think of building a house on that. So when you build a house on clay soil, 
that footing is sitting on top of that. Now, you know, most of our houses are not down on bedrock. They're sitting on clay soil. Clay soil. So when it sits mm. down on that, if they did that house in the summertime when it was super dry, for instance, now what happens is that you've built that house on something that has shrunk. And then when the water gets back in during a rainy season or during the winter, it's now expanding. So now it's lifting that house a little bit. And you go through this cycle of Lift. raising and lower, raising and lower, raising and lower. So many times in a foundation, if you don't have a basement, you'll get cracks around where the vent holes are. You'll get that kind of stuff because it's just cycling that foundation. Well, that's what you told my mom when she had the cracks in her um, townhouse floor. That was because of the yep. lifting and raising. And we have, I think we have a lot of clay here in the Northeast, right? Because mm -hmm. I mean, we have that, at least it looks really clay. We have that ready type of soil, yeah, which is different. I think you have more clay. rocks and stuff out there, right? Where you are. In my neighborhood, I have rocks, but if I go a mile away, it's, it's, sheesh, it's a nasty clay mess. I could do pottery in the backyard off the dirt, you know? That's what it looks like here too. So I think that was how you were saying my mom's foundation was going up and down and up and down. And eventually it just cracked. Exactly. It's it's just not good. Hey, when we come back, we're going to move this list inside and blast through in our fourth segment here inside. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hi everybody, I'm Ari Kameen from Steven Adler's band and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G and the beautiful Caroline. Welcome back to the Around the House show. Uh, Caroline, did you notice this last weekend that when we changed and uh, did the uh, uh, David Lee Roth and jumped forward? <laughs> that That's funny. So many more things now are changing the time automatically for all of us daylight savings time people. I love that. I need that because I forget. My car is like the last to be changed. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I jumped in the car and sat on Sunday, fixed that real quick. Other than that, I was shocked. My heating heated floor system changed. My, That's awesome. of course, computers and phone always do. But the, the other stuff, it was like, oh, that appliance changed on its own. And, That's AI. and all these other things, <laughs> the light switches, you know, all this stuff changed, which I was pretty stoked about. Did it by itself. Yes. Home <laughs> technology. So, all right, we're going to run out of time. So let's jam on this inside list because we just spent all that time outside. Let's get inside and do this one here is kind of fitting because test those smoke alarms and carbon monoxide testers like we talked about. Make sure you have weekend. batteries. Make sure you didn't take yeah. the batteries out because it was annoying you and you forgot to put them back in. So make sure you've got oh, all that's that stuff. That's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. It's a bad idea. And then, oh, funny story with me. Uh, I wanted to change the humidity in my house this winter. So I said, okay, I'm going to turn the steam shower on for a minute and leave the door open mm. and add some humidity into my house because yeah. I don't have a humidity, anything yeah, to add good. humidity in the house. So I did that. I got a steam generator. Why not? It's a perfect way to add humidity. Well, outside of that bathroom is the bedrooms and stuff out there. And I have a vaulted ceiling. Well, that steam came out the door, went up and started sending, setting off the smoke detector because <laughs> it was reading the, the steam, steam 
right. As it's smoke. hot stuff. So I was like, hey. So I got to change that one out. I'm going to put a different style in there because I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's That didn't work. So, but uh, here's a, an important one. Clean out that sump tank for your sump pump and clear any screens on that. So a little sump pump maintenance in the springtime is super important, especially if you're melting snow and you've got the rains coming in. Yeah. And just to throw that out too, uh, if you've got a septic system, you better get on a schedule to have that cleaned out too. That kind of goes with sump pump. I'm thinking sump pump, septic. Yeah. I mean, that's depending on what it is on, you know, I don't know. A lot of times I hear anywhere from every five years or so you should have that thing. Yeah, that's pumped about right. out and cleaned up. It's not too bad to do People it. People don't do it at all. They let it go like forty. Oh, geez, right? <laughs> and they're too expensive to, to to ignore that one. Yeah. So here's a good one. Your favorite: remove hair from drains and sinks, tubs, and showers. Amen to that. You know, um, if you have to use a drain cleaner, which I don't recommend, use one mm-hmm. approved for the materials and your plumbing is necessary. Just clean. I it don't out. like to use drain cleaners unless it's one of the all natural ones or something. Take that metal screen off, take the screws out, stick, you know, go down there and clean, put some paper towel wrapped around a, you know, I I use a uh, screwdriver. I just clean it all out, spray some hydrogen peroxide and you're done. Just do it. There you go. There you go. Now here's one. If you've got old wood windows, making sure that loose putty, there's no loose putty around those, making sure if you've got a reglaze windows, you can do that. That's for all of you with old houses out there, making sure you're there on a regular window. You don't have to do much on the inside, except make sure that the caulking and everything that's in there is good. If you don't have any window and air leaks around there. Now here's one that people forget to do test the GFCI ground fault circuit interrupters around their house. Those are those reset buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure those things are working. I actually have a, a tester that you can just plug in and hit it and it'll test them to make sure they're working correctly. I have one of those and I never use it, but I mean, what's the reason? What, what happens if you don't and it's bad? I just want to make sure it's working. I like to cycle it because if it's in a humid area and you're not getting that out of there, I don't want it to get hung up. I don't want to get stuck. I want to make sure it's working correctly. Mm -hmm. You know, usually with those things, when they fail, they fail, so they click off at everything. You'll turn your hair dryer on or something like that. It turns off. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, why did that click off so easy? You know, that's usually because of that. It's worn out and it needs to be replaced. So that's a good one. Now, here's a big one. And this is, we could do a whole show on this, and I think we have in the past. Inspect that crawl space or basement. Look for rodent and pest damage. Inspect for water intrusion. Take a look at those cracks and movement. Look for leaking pipes. And on top of that, make sure the vapor barrier in the crawl space is pristine condition. Yeah, just go down and like take a really deep dive and looking around. I mean, it's common sense. You know, if you see water leaking, if you start to see a lot of pests and, you know, spiders and ladybugs and silverfish, you've got a moisture problem. So then you got to look why that moisture is coming in. Bugs come for water. They're just like us. They need it to survive. I was helping out a foundation company here years ago. Cause they were just behind on their, on their quotes and stuff. So I said, I'll go out and help with you guys for a little bit. Went and helped out these guys and Holy smokes. The problems that I saw for people not checking it. One of them was a guy that was a truck driver and he was out and his kids were staying at the house and the kids were in the twenties. The drain line had, had broken the cast iron drain line or, or <sighs> actually I think it was galvanized on the washer dryer had stopped. Mm-mm. So they were using 50 gallons of water per load, dropping it into the crawl space. Oh, no. So it actually washed out the foundation wall on one side of the crawl space. And then 
it got bound up between the cabinets and the refrigerator in the wall. So it was actually pushing the cabinets off the wall. It was a hundred grand worth of damage to fix that. And all the the ductwork was rotted out because they had, you know, the moisture was so crazy down there. So I I opened up the crawl space to go take a look at it and steam came out like it was a steam bath (laughs) because it was wintertime. That's horrible. Because they had been heating the house. It was like 30 degrees outside. They'd been heating the house. They had just run hot laundry through and that water. So there was standing steaming water. And I mean, the crawl space, it was brutal. And then the other one I had, a lady had, had a uh, gurgling in her ducts and the HVAC company says, you got to come out and see this popped out there. And I popped the, the, the cover off her ducting and I looked down in there and it's half full of water. She had water up to the bottom of the floor joist in the crawl space. Like it was a swimming pool. Talk about Legionella bacteria. Oh. Guys, just oh. go down in these spaces in the attic too. You need to check it out. When it's raining really hard, go up in your attic and make sure you don't have any leaks. And then in your basement, just you need a periodic and crawl spaces as well. You need to put your eye yep. on it. At the same time, do that mold inspection around your house. Look in the basements, crawl space, attic spaces, closets, bathrooms, and around those windows to make sure that nothing is grown in weird spots. And then here's one that we had to add recently. Check the filters in your ERV system, dehumidifier, or heat pump, water heater. Clean and replace as required. And I'm going to add one, vacuum bags and filters. A lot of the vacuums have a six-month HEPA filter that needs to be changed. So change out all those vacuums. This is the perfect time of year to do it because you're just, you're just putting that nasty vacuum stuff back into the air. It's not hermetically sealed. So when you turn that thing on, just clean it. Make sure it's all. Okay, here's one for you, Caroline. When was the last time that you cleaned out your bathroom and kitchen exhaust fans? Well, you know, I did that recently because I had a, I had a meat smell that went down. I (laughs) cooked some sausage, maple sausage, and stunk up my whole um, downdraft on my stove. So that was nasty. And I, we took everything out and put all new pipe on it, but you should, I mean, periodically you need to go in there and look, gets coated with grease. So you should be cleaning that, uh, cleaning that thing out every few months on a kitchen vent, you know, cleaning out those filters and stuff, but the bathroom, you should be cleaning that out probably twice a year, spring, fall, making sure you pull the covers down, you wipe it all down, turn the power off to it, wipe the motor and stuff down Mm. on the inside and the fan and cleaning that out right there. I need to do that. Another one. Another one on that list uh, that we want to make sure and hit here is make sure the garage door is adjusted correctly. And when in doubt, have it serviced by a pro if you got to have that work done on Remember it. Remember when because- your spring broke? That oh, big yeah. spring on the Boom. garage door? Boom. Yeah. <laughs> a- I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, you think about that, what a garage door spring can do. And it's, it's, they're dangerous. And this is not something that I recommend as a, as a DIY project because when they break they're crazy (laughs) i was shocked at how bad that is (laughs) oh yeah and then the last one on our list here is service those appliances make sure you clean the filter on your front load washing machines use the self-cleaning feature on your oven if you have one and then check the water filter and vacuum the coils on the refrigerator Make sure all those things are dialed in and working well. Those washing machines get caked with mold. And Eric knows I was testing a home and the mold levels came back like astronomical and it was all the washing machine. The dryer is really bad. It gets caked up past the, past the filter all the way out into the, you know, you've got 
twists and turns in there where your lint gets stuck. So it really does pay to take that all apart and clean it out. It really does. It really does. Well, Caroline, I hear the music playing in the background. It's that time. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around Around the the House. House. Come on. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.